good to see you guys. Listen, we've been having a big blowout party down here. God's been showing up. And we have a, a, a family of churches, a church planting family of churches. We call it a tribe. Isn't that cute? And we're from all over the country. We are in Myanmar and, and uh, Kirkland, Washington and El Paso. And so it's just, we've just been touching each other, and God's been doing something very powerful in our midst. And we're going to have a couple of prophetic words in just a second, but before we do, I want to bring Sarah and Jason up, and Paul, Weiss, you guys come on up, and Mono, and Jason and Sarah have been on a very fast track of being prepared by the Spirit to come into leadership. And if you knew my son Jason, he, he's the last person that would want to be involved in church ministry, in church ministry, and especially to pick up his dad's responsibilities. That would be like the worst thing that in, for Jason. So God has, had to, God has had to work in Jason apart from the name Johns and the name Rock, just to make sure in his mind he's knowing that it's from God and not from Gee, I'm trying to please my dad. I'm trying to do this and do that. And so God had literally sneak attacked Jason and Sarah. So the other night, John Chisholm from the International House of Prayer was ministering down here. And we had Cesar here. We had other people from other churches. And John Chisholm, out of the blue, without talking to me, without talking to Mono and our leadership, without any orchestration of any kind, he stands up with this big bottle of oil. And he says, this is scary. This is not protocol. You should never do this in church life. I'm violating every rule possible. But I'm going to do it anyway. He goes, God has told me I'm supposed to anoint Jason and ordain him for the ministry of the leadership of this place. And he's like literally shaking. And he's like, he's looking at Jason. He's looking at me. looking at Jason. looking at me. looking at him. I'm like, that is what we talked about, Paul Weiss and I. Days ago, that's what we've been talking about, but we didn't want to get it early, and we wanted to, you know, have it all worked out and planned and thought through, and, and, and the Lord goes, that would be the worst thing possible, is it, it, it has to be so God breaking in on this thing to drive unbelief out of this guy's heart. So, the last person you'd ever want to think that would, would you know, he, he just very, let's put it the way, he does not have a box. We hate religion, and God loves this creative guy. And so God is asking us to stand with Jason and Sarah, not as their parents, but as brothers and sisters in Jesus. Janet, why don't you come up, and Alyssa, you come up too. This is Jason's little older sister, and this is my wife, Janet, and this is Mana, who is the prophetic leader of our work, and so... We felt that we needed to help you understand something, that a lot of times, in order for something to live, it has to go in the ground and die. You know that principle, a seed, a seed is a good thing, it's not a bad thing. Your sin goes on the cross and dies, but your destinies and callings, they go into the ground to die. It's a different subject. It's a different kind of death. And when, you know, Abraham had to lay his promise at the altar and, and take Isaac and sacrifice him. And so this has been my Isaac, this urban inner city work. 
And God goes, Tim, I love you so much. I'd like your Isaac, and I'm going to take your Isaac down and blow it up. And I went, ow. Forty years of vision and dream, every penny of our life, every, everything went into building this, and God goes, I want it all because I want to be reign supreme, and I want to get something dead so I can resurrect it, and no one will ever doubt whether it, it was a man-built thing or not because it's hope against all hope. So the Lord had this incredible way of trouncing, trashing, destroying, putting into the ground our life's work. Very fun. Very painful, but awesome. So then, now you're watching an epic resurrection. And God has gathered a handful of people that have stuck together in Jesus' name and love Jesus and love each other, and they want to build a family here that brings the kingdom on earth, and they want to do it in partnership with the whole church. So in the beginning days, we went from church to church giving offerings to other black churches and praying, other inner city churches. I mean, we said, we don't care about our name. We don't care. We just want Jesus down here. So we would go around and literally give money to churches all over the area, and Jason just led the group to do that again, just as a symbol to say, hey, look, we're not going to build our own kingdom. We're going to be about Jesus. That's it. And make disciples of Jesus. But we're not going to apologize for the fact that we're a legitimate family. I mean, you've got to have some kind of unity in order to have substance to bring people into. So we're a part of the family big F. We're also starting a little family little F in order to bring the kingdom on earth. And God is going to lead people to, a, to the inner city from the outer city, just like he did Nancy and Craig. Lenexa, they drive from Lenexa. Shelley drives from Overland Park. So, you know, God's going to ask the suburbs to, slow, to, to sow into the urban core. And by the way, it's a lot safer now than it was when we moved here in the, and started working here in the 80s. So you won't die. It's all right. Well, you'll die to yourself, but you won't. You'll be all right. My grandkids live here. So I want you to bless, as the body of Christ, I would like for you to bless what God's doing. So Justin, I'd like you to come up here as a representative of the body of Christ, and I'd like you to just bless what God's doing. And Matt, I'd like you to come up. Would you be willing to bless this thing that's being rebirthed? Would you be willing to bless it? Okay, you come up, Matt. And just... We just want to bless what God's doing, okay? Um, Ray, you should be up here, you and Emma. These are up on our apostolic leadership team, Ray and Emma De La Cruz from El Paso. Everybody say hey. So um, I think it's important, and Chris was a part of our work. Chris, can you bear witness that this is all about Jesus? Yeah. Chris used to live in this building and pray night and day. He was a basement dweller. And the, uh, he and the mouse, he and the niece. So, um, all right. Andrew, as a, as a leader from Laramie, why don't you come up and represent Laramie? Dan and Carol, as leaders of Colorado, you need to come up. We, again, this is our family of churches. So, um, okay, so, hi, Justin. Good to see you, man. All right. What I'm asking you guys to do as representatives of the body is just to say, hey, blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. There's a sense of honor. And when the church, when the church honors one another, it unleashes the presence of God. Do you understand? The culture of honor is the currency of heaven. So when Jesus didn't receive honor, he couldn't do much in his hometown, right? 
So we have to honor the Christ in each other. Would you guys be willing to honor the Christ in us? And would you be willing to bless the Christ in us? And especially bless the Christ in Jason and Sarah and Paul. They're kind of a leadership team now. And would you be willing, would you be willing to bless them? Okay, I'm going to start, and Mono's going to start, as representatives of Rock International, this tribe, and, and, and then you guys get to jump in, and, and you too, Ray. Come up here. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we bless you, Jason, and we recognize the mantle of leadership on your life. We recognize that God has set you aside and apart to represent Jesus, not yourself, and to bring the kingdom not some ministry name. So you sit under Jesus Christ the King in divine order to bring the kingdom of God to the Kansas City area, to the region, and to the nations. We bless you officially from heaven to earth. We bless you, Jason and Sarah. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit in power. May the fruit of the Spirit be your personality embedded in you, the love of the Father, affection, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. May the wisdom and revelation of the Spirit be yours. May the Word of God become animated inside of you and through you. And may the power of the Holy Spirit flow through your bodies and heal the sick and cast out demons and raise the dead and cleanse the leper and bring the kingdom on earth. Jesus, we thank you that this is a, a, a public display of a private commissioning that has happened, you and them, face to face. And so when uh, Jason and Sarah were in the closet, even when they were little, you met with them and you, you had a private anointing, a private calling. This is just a public recognition of what you've already said. So we, we bless them and we say that we no longer know you by the flesh, but we know each other by the Spirit. We recognize what the Father says about you and we agree with God. So we know each other by the Spirit. We, we receive who you are without being offended at who you are not. And there's plenty of things you're not and we're not offended at that. We we embrace who you are without being offended at who you're not. And you are welcome to be you. We just re receive you from the Father. We open our hearts. We tenderize our hearts. We open our hearts. And we connect our hearts with you. So we command every closed heart, every hard heart, and every disconnected heart to be Soften, open, and connected to you because you are not second class, second generation, half breed leaders. <laughs> you are commissioned by heaven, and we receive you from the Father. So, no longer will we refer you to, we're not going to be doing necromancing with your old man because you're dead. And necromancing is illegal. So we're not going to talk to the old Jason. 
we were talking to the new creation, the born again by the Spirit of God, vibrant Jesus <laughs> who trips and falls. <laughs> and we just welcome you to be you, Jason. To be you, the same you that is before the Father, that you are you before us. And we welcome you. We welcome. We welcome what God is doing. And we say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed are you, Jason and Sarah. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. It's important that you just open the name of the Lord. wanted to me the blessings, but I want to, I believe that one of the people group that God is going to bring to this house as he brought us in 2007 are the, the Hispanic, the, the Mexican, Central and South American. <clears throat> but what I wanted to say, amen, what I wanted to say, Jason, um, for you in particular, um, these are the blessings of obedience. I know you for many years, you did not, you, obedience wasn't something that was attached to your name or your identity. <clears throat> You were a rebel without a cause, and you were a rebel with a cause. But God, you were faithful. As we were praying, you were faithful to the whispers of the Lord. You fought hard to get away from the shadow of your family and be your own man. But the Lord chased you in every corner, under every rock, under every building, under every cave. He was always there. He was ever-present. And I, I just see you for years running and running and running, but you could feel his, the breath of his nostrils down your back. And you couldn't, you couldn't escape him. And all that to today, Jason, God is honoring you. You are a son. You, you stand alone in him. And, and we shared that the other night, that you don't, um, you're not living in anybody's shadow. You cast your own shadow. And, and it is an honor, it is a joy to see from when we first met you to be here today, Emma and I are just thrilled. We've been talking a lot about it. Sarah, Paul, you guys just standing strong in the Lord. However way, however you did it, you're here. Yesterday doesn't matter anymore. What matters is from today on out and that your divine destiny, as Norm was sharing, the, it is intersected. Your divine destiny has intersected with the will of God right now. I want to read the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. I'm going to read them in Spanish. Because I believe that there are going to be a lot of people uh, that, that God is going to bring that thread of the Spirit and bring people to this house that are going to, to walk with you. And, and, and there's, we've talked about this in the past. There's something that draws you to that people group. And I want to honor that. These are the, the best blessings of obedience. Las bendiciones por la obediencia. Si realmente escuchas al Señor tu Dios... Y cumples fielmente todos estos mandamientos que hoy te he ordenado. El Señor tu Dios te pondrá por encima de todas las naciones de la tierra. That God will bring you before all the nations of the earth. Si obedeces al Señor tu Dios, todas estas bendiciones vendrán sobre ti y te acompañarán siempre. Bendito serás en la ciudad y bendito en el campo. Bendito serán el fruto de tu vientre, tus cosechas, las crías de tu ganado, los territorios de tu manal, de tus manadas y los corderitos de tus rebaños. Benditas serán tu canasta y tu mesa de amasar. Bendito serás en el hogar y bendito en el camino. El Señor te concederá la victoria sobre tus enemigos. Avanzarán contra ti en perfecta formación, pero huirán 
en desbandada. El Señor bendecirá tus ganeros y todo el trabajo de tus manos. El Señor tu Dios te bendecirá en la tierra que te ha dado. El Señor te establecerá como el, el, su pueblo santo conforme a su juramento. Si cumples tus mandamientos, sus mandamientos, y andas en sus caminos, todas las naciones de la tierra te respetarán al reconocerte como el pueblo del Señor. I got to read it in English. Blessings for obedience. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I will give you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you fully obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and you will be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but they will flee from you in seven. The Lord, your God, will send blessing upon your barns and on everything, everything you put your hand to. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land that he is giving to you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath, as he promised you on oath, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk his ways, and then all the peoples, and then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we take this word, Lord, and we sow it through the thread of the Spirit into the hearts, Father, of wow. Jason, Lord. Father, of Jason wow. and your beautiful daughter, Sarah. Father, I, we thank you for this amazing awakening that you've brought to your daughter. Bless her, God. Father, that she has never been overlooked, even though she felt overlooked and passed over. She has never been overlooked by you. Your eye has been on her from the beginning of time, God. And thank you, Lord, that the breath of your spirit blows strong upon her, Father. In the name of Jesus and what you have established, no man can take away. No man, no judgments, no words, no foolishness can destroy what our Father has planted. Because you have promised to give us a great harvest, Lord, for such a time as this. And we bless these, your faithful sons and daughters. We honor them. And, Father, I say that we are in awe of the great and mighty things that you are doing. That you've raised up a generation that you have raised up a people, that you have raised up a group, Lord God, that loves you, that fears you, that honors you, that hungers for you, that thinks of you all the time, Lord. We bless and honor what you have planted here. And we say, grow in the name of Jesus. Grow, grow. Father, thank you that you bring new paradigms, new plans, new patterns, Lord. We thank you for the new, for the fresh, the, the, the new Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. And we look forward to all that you have. As the years pass by, Lord, we're going to rejoice and see how great our God is. And that what you planned grows forever. In Jesus' name, we bless you, Lord. Wow. wow. Okay. Um, Justin and Matt, it's just really important to just affirm as, as representatives of the body. I see this little kid driving down Metcalf right now. And even at that time, 
it was all maybe in a more of a embryonic state, but it was there even then. And now it's now that it's at the surface, we bless it. And I blessed you then, and I'll bless you now, my friend, my brother. And I love you. And your Father in heaven loves you. And you've never not been a son. You've always been a son. You've always had your own identity. I've never seen you any differently than that. And he's never seen you any different than that. So we just bless the person, the man. Never, you were never a man of system. You were never a man of rules. You were always a rebel. But, but that's how God made you. And we had to figure it all out. You had to figure it all out, what it all meant, what it was all going to become. And you made us all a little nervous at times. <laughs> but, we all, but we all knew. We all knew you were his. So we bless the son, Jason Johns, right now, and his wonderful wife and his wonderful family. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for Jason. We thank you for giving us all different paths. And uh, we thank you for bringing him here and Sarah's wife. We ask you to bless their marriage, to give him strength and her strength as well, that you would bless them with, with fruit of many, many different styles. We thank you for being patient with all of us. And we ask you to just move in his life in new and profound ways. Okay, can you guys say, right, put your hands out and go, blessed are they who come in the name of the Lord. Blessed are they who come in the name of the Lord. Now do it again. Let's say, blessed are you, Jason and Sarah, who come in the name of the Lord. Blessed are you, Jason and Sarah, who come in the name of the Lord. Okay, now I'd like you to do one more thing. Say, blessed are you, Rock Family, Kansas City, who comes in the name of the Lord. Can you say that? Blessed are you, Rock Family KC, who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. That was good. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. You need to respond or okay. I want to say, Mono, I liked your word about not being a half breed anymore, but I have to say the De La Cruzes have anointed me as half Mexican. So I'm brown on the inside. It's true. Eventually I'm going to learn Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I wanted to respond because, you know, growing up in the church is a very confusing thing. Having a dad as a pastor is a very confusing thing. And as a kid growing up in the church, I saw a lot of mixture. I saw a lot of human ambition mixed in with God stuff. There was a lot of bad and a lot of good, and that just as a young kid, that confused me. And so I kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater. And it has been fun because there has just been a lot of, like, I had carried a lot of shame and condemnation for years, uh, you know, because I've got a sister who is amazing, who is just like, whatever mom and dad says, like, well, it must be truth. So here we go. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm not going to question. Why question? They love me. It's good. And I've kind of been like, eh, I don't know about all this. And so for years, I had let that shame and that frustration beat me down. And Sarah, about a month ago, just started blowing that off. And she said, God has created you this way because that mixture that you witness, he doesn't want it here. And he created that distaste for mixture, that distaste for for." man's strength mixed with God's strength, 
he does not want this here. He does not want it here. Church, as usual, is not working. That God wants to break something out here. That God wants to do something here that is driven by Jesus. It is driven by him. And it is saying, okay, I just want to hear you open the doors and I'm going to walk through him. And that doesn't mean we don't plan. That doesn't mean we don't have vision. But it is a God-ordained vision. And God is doing something here in the church in this city, in this time right now, that is blowing the, he is blowing the boxes open. He is blowing down the walls and is saying, I don't want to do church as usual. And I don't think I could do it if I even tried. <laughs> and, and for the first time in my life, I accepted that. And, and one of my biggest hearts is for people that grew up in the church that have turned away from God. That people that have been wounded and abused in the church because what they've done is they've been hurt and wounded by people and they've blamed God for that. And I've had the last several years of God just massaging my heart, even through my struggles and in the midst of doing things I shouldn't be doing, just saying, I love you, son. I love you. It's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. And he has just massaged my heart. I've just told him that Jesus is so good, you guys. He is so good. And what you've experienced and what you've done that you've put on Jesus, it is not him. It is not the Lord. It is not God. It is people, it's hurt and wounded people, hurt and wounding people. And we are wanting to create a place, God is wanting to create a place that is a lighthouse in the darkness, that is a safe place that people can come and encounter God, encounter Jesus, not a man's vision, not a man's motivation, not putting a man's dream on top of people, but saying, I'm going to come underneath and I'm going to love you where you're at, despite of what's going on, despite of what you're doing, right or wrong, and I want you to see that Jesus loves you. Not for what you do, but for who you are. And that is what is happening here. And that is what is happening here of saying, we want to open our doors wide. We want to open our doors wide to the body of Christ of saying, yes, it's important for us. Like, we're the Johnses. That's great. But that doesn't mean we're not going to love on the Millers because, and be like, well, now we're, you have to become a Johns in order for us to love you. We have a family, and we are building a family here. But we are also called to the body of Christ. We are called to love everybody, every denomination, every walk of faith. All of it has a place. All of it has a place. And for us to love and be saying, how do we unify? If we come against this spirit of anarchy, evil, there is evilness perpetrating our country right now. Evilness that kills babies, that wants to rob marriages. So how are we going to, we, we would be silly to think that we have the answer just us ourselves and saying we're going to be the thing. We have to come together. We have to unify together to push back these clouds of darkness. So I just, I'm excited for what God is doing here. And I have, for the first time in my life, been proud to stand and say, I love Jesus. And I am a son of God. And I am proud of who he is and what he is doing in me. <laughs> It's a surprise, but it's not a surprise, you know? Like you all know, right? 
it's like so much more than we could have ever dreamed and imagined. And as I'm standing here and like listening to my husband, just knowing, like seeing that Jesus, even more, like less of Jason, more of Jesus. And just that desire and prayer for me as well, less of Sarah, more of Jesus. I'm sitting here going, I want that for you. I want that for you. I want more of Jesus for you. What you have stood and fought for, this is yours. This blessing and inheritance is yours. And tenfold blessing, what Ray was praying, that was not just for us. That was for us. We are one. That is for us. And I just pray and release that upon you tenfold. The blessing that the Lord is doing in us, I'm telling you, it is, my mind cannot even comprehend the last few months of what's happened. And for everything that's going on, and it's in here, and it keeps filtering, I pray that double portion upon you. Because you need that to take it out into the world, to be the light in the darkness, and to show the love of Jesus to a lost and a dying world wherever you are. And so I just pray that right now, Jesus. I just pray a double portion and a blessing upon our family right now in Jesus' name. You are our family. We are one. And I just thank you, and I honor you, and I bless you. And I say, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord. Double portion and blessing upon you and your household and your jobs and your marriages and your children. The Lord has them in his hands. You are in the Lord's hands, and I just claim a double portion upon you, upon your head, the oil of gladness, the joy of the Lord. He is a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your a lamp unto your feet, light unto your steps, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? He's with you, and he's going before you. It's both, it's a both and. <laughs> and I just thank you, Jesus, for everything that you are doing. And I say yes and amen. And I just declare and I seal this in the blood of Jesus. I just thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you. You are good. 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 You are good, God. You are good. 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 And we praise you and we worship you because it's only you. It's only you. Oh, you are good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, God, in Jesus' name. Wow. Holy moly. I hope we got that videoed. Did we get that video, Jake? That's awesome. Guys, are you sensing the, the significance of this? You know, because if a group of people get radically on fire for the, for the person of Jesus and the kingdom of God, Amazing things can explode out of them. We were down here, and there was a wave of, of a season in our church where it was absolutely electric. Glory clouds were coming, angelic visitations in this room. And people would come in, and the affection of the Father would hit them, and they would get healed and delivered, and all the, the wounds would just drive out of them. And Ray and Emma came to one of our gatherings. Wounded, broken people in a traditional Hispanic religious setting, kind of legalistic. And they walk in here, 
and the love of the Father, the affection, hits their spirit, and they have a meltdown, and their son, who had been toxified by that church, yuck, got an open heaven, he saw the Father, and he melted down, and the electricity got hit him for hours. He left here a different man, their son, and they did. And they went back to El Paso and started a real family. And we've been feeding, how many people do we feed every month now? Over 300 families every month we feed in El Paso. And we're getting food over into Juarez. And we're bringing the kingdom to the city, but it's under the Father's heart. And that came from one little group of people just laying their lives down before the Lord. And Laramie got planted out of this place. A church in Laramie, Wyoming. I mean, what is that about? And so I would love to ask one of my, another spiritual son, Andrew Arnold, to come up. Andrew, come on up. And Jason, can you grab a stand? Jason, can you... Um, no. Uh, this is Andrew. Andrew is married to an amazing woman, Jessica, and he has three absolutely beautiful kids. And um, Andrew is fully out a man's man, and he, he is a mountain man, for sure. <laughs> and, you know, he's a marathoner, he's a rock climber, He's a hunter. He's uh, an intellectual. Come on now. He's handsome. A, ma- a model. He's a model. Thank you. And, but we, we have a ministry in Laramie called Rock, uh, Solid Rock Outdoor Ministry. Okay, Solid Rock Outdoor Ministry. You can look it up on the web, shram.org. And we take young people into the deep wilderness uh, to unplug them from their cell phones and their social media to find Jesus in the, in the hardcore mountains. And our biggest program is 40 days and 40 nights. Can you imagine unplugging a kid 40 days and 40 nights and taking him out there and have to poop in the woods and cook his own food and go all off alone? And Andrew orchestrates and oversees and is the executive director of this organization. And it is a highly professional, amazing organization. So he directs that. The other thing about Andrew is he's helped us plant a church in Laramie. He's an elder in Laramie. And he's, he's, he's just a, a, a profound guy. And so I want you to honor and love him. And here's the deal. Andrew, I just said, Andrew, share what's on your heart. I don't even know what is going to come out. But I trust the Lord in Andrew. I trust the Lord in Andrew. And I, I've seen Andrew be used of the Lord to change literally hundreds and hundreds of lives. And so you are, you are bit getting a real honor to hear his heart today, hear the Lord through him. And it's really important, again, to just extend your heart to him in your hands and just say, Andrew, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord. May you release the word of God to me, but may I receive the word of God and be willing to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. It is, uh, it's been an amazing weekend for those of us that have been here, I think, since Wednesday or Thursday. And, you know, Tim asked me to share what's on my heart. And, th- I mean, in, in some ways, there's many, 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 many things just kind of going on on the inside. I mean, this has been a truly incredible weekend. Um, just to track the storyline from even what's happened this weekend, but through the years, and just to hear and see what's going on in Jason and Sarah's heart, 
what's going on in the hearts and lives of the people here in Kansas City that are connected to um, just what God's called uh, the body and the brothers and sisters in Christ to do here. I mean, it's really incredible. So in some ways, this is going to be a little biographical. Um, And so for those that maybe haven't been tracking that storyline for 10 to 17 years, uh, I apologize. I don't want it to be overly biographical, but I think it's important to tell some of my story as it relates to this larger God story that's happening here. Um, for me, it's, 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 it's truly incredible that what God's doing now, today, and the thing that the, the word that the Lord's really been putting on my heart since I've been here is renaissance. Renaissance. It's, it's French. It's a French word, I think. No? Italian? French? It's European. It's European, so it's, it's, it's Hispanic, yeah. It's the nations. That's true. So renaissance, and as I really was thinking about what God's doing here, it's not a birthing, because what God started here in the inner city of Kansas City was 17 plus years ago, 17, 20 years ago. But I feel like it's in some ways a rebirthing or a revitalization of a vision that was, even as Norm's been sharing, created and formed before eternity, before time. A vision that was created and formed in eternity, and God, in his wisdom and and providence and whatnot, started that vision here 17 years ago. But it's a renaissance because of he's, he's he's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing here. And for me, it's super encouraging because when I came here, same time as Ray, same time as James and Tammy, and I think they might have left. I think we landed in Kansas City about the same time, confused, somewhat hurt, somewhat broken, feeling like God had something different for our lives, a new way of relating to each other, a new way of being the body of Christ, a new way of extending the kingdom, but we had no context, we had no vocabulary, we had no language, we had no vision for that. And we came here, and the people of God and what God was doing in Kansas City gave us a picture. It was a picture. It was a prophetic picture, if we want to use that language. It was a way by which we could, in some ways, it was an external representation of what was happening on the inside of our hearts. That is to say, it was, it was a forming of covenant community. It was, uh, it was the kingdom of God breaking into a neighborhood and tangibly changing a neighborhood. It was people that were connected heart to heart. It was a place of worship and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and the wisdom and revelation of the Spirit. And our hearts came alive in 2006 when we came here to Kansas City and we thought, wow, there could be a better way. There could be a more Jesus way, a more ancient way, a more biblical way of life together and, quote unquote, doing church. And really more expanding the kingdom and falling more in love with Jesus and seeing Jesus make an impact in our city. And so we left that, like Ray and Emma, we left that time transformed by Jesus and by what God was doing here in the picture that was being painted. And so now, and and, and the last time I was here was 2011. It was the last time we had a quote-unquote tribal gathering here. And that 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 was a rockier time in the history of what, of, this, of what God's been doing. And in some ways, it was painful. So in some ways, to be totally and brutally honest, I was sort of not wanting to come back to Kansas City, to be honest. Like, at some level in my heart, it was kind of like that. 
I have paint some painful memories from being back there the last time. I have some hurt. There's some people that I want to see, but, you know, like my false self, as Tim has been teaching, my false self is like, I don't want to see them. Christ in me was like, no, I do want to see them and extend love to them and, like, work on reconciliation. So there was, I, I felt this, like, weird tension. Like, I'm not even sure I want to go back to tribal. But, but God brought me back here, and I'm so glad he did, because I would not have wanted to have missed what happened here this weekend. It's incredible. It really is a beautiful thing. It's really, truly epic. Because um, what, what God did in my heart and lo- hearts of our, my life and my wife and our friends and family in Laramie that started here is now launched and birthed a, a, a church family in Laramie, Wyoming. That's incredible. When I think about the people in Laramie, my heart like comes alive. It, my heart is full. Because I've connected my heart to these people. Like I've literally, and that, that's crazy. Like Jason, I grew, up in, I grew up in the church. I grew up in a pastor's home in ministry. You know, I saw some weird stuff and some hurtful things. And like I, my heart is predisposed in some ways to hold people at a distance. Like, yeah, you're a nice Christian person. You know, kind of smile and shake my head and say, I'm just going to wait for the shoe to drop. Right? Because one day you're going to not like me. I'm not going to like you. You know, my false self is going to get in the way of your false self, as we've been hearing this weekend. And, you know, the shoe will drop and you'll leave and you'll do your thing. And, you know, I'll still be in this church and, you know, whatever. Now, that was the script. That was the script that runs through my heart sometimes in my mind. And you know what? Some of you that have been in church a long time, you can probably identify with that script. And you know, you can somewhat, your heart can somewhat identify with that. But, but, I realized that that was, that was a, that was a, that was a pauper's place to live. That was a poor place to live. That was actually a really poor place to live. Because I was going through life never having the benefit of vulnerability, transparency, and intimacy. I even struggled to, I even struggled to live that way with my wife, who loves me. And I love her, and she thinks I'm awesome, and I think she's awesome. But my heart was so predisposed to guardedness and, and not covenant that I even had a hard time being really truly intimate with my wife, the person who should be the most, one of the most safest persons on the planet for me. And I realized this is not a good way to live. This actually kind of sucks, or stinks, excuse me. This is, a poor, this is a poor life. So I started taking these risks of intimacy, these risks of vulnerability, where I actually was like, I'm actually going to open my heart as the language we use and put my heart out there and risk being hurt and risk the possibility that I might hurt somebody else. And yet in the midst of that, Jesus can come into that place and we can, some of the language we use, exchange the life and the love of Jesus between hearts that are actually connected. We're not relating around a program. We're not relating around some good Christian work to do, like, um, you know, urban farming or, or, you know, raised gardens. I mean, that's all good, but we're not just relating around a a program or a function. We're actually going to open our hearts and relate around Christ in you and Christ in me. That's freaky. Like, if you're to be honest with yourself, there's a lot, you've got a lot on the line there because our hearts are sensitive and tender. 
And that means my heart can get hurt and stepped on, broken, dismissed, punished. I mean, that's, that's freaky stuff. But man, it's been worth it. Because now when I think about my family in Laramie and what God's doing, my heart comes alive. And I'm like, wow, I, I actually miss being with them. It's not like I just show up on Sunday and I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, good to see you. You know, glad handing, you know, like, hey. <laughs> hey, praise the Lord. You know, it's like, not that. Thank God. <laughs> it's like, wow, you are beautiful in Jesus. I love you. Like, man, if, if you don't, if, if I, I just want to receive Christ in you and I pray that Christ can come out of me to you, that's a great way to live. So that, though, here's the thing. I just kind of, I'm getting a little autobiographical here, but that started with the vision of the Father's affection and that life could be lived together in family. That is, say, well, natural family and spiritual family. And, it, and around healthy leadership, not perfect leadership, but apostolic, prophetic leadership that can actually come into a, you know, if you... In a family, if you don't have some measure of leadership and authority, it's anarchy, it's chaos. You have to have leadership and authority in a family to bring order. Not, not retribution and punishment, order, life. It's awesome. So it just it started to show us a different vision. So I've, I'm super excited about what God's doing here because I know that there's lives and families on the other side of that equation that are going to be transformed, like mine, like the, lots of lives in Laramie, El Paso. It's beautiful. So I want to share this verse out of Isaiah 43, a couple of verses out of Isaiah 43, because I felt like the Lord was giving me these verses for this idea of renaissance. And so this is Isaiah 43, verse 18, through um, verse 21. So it says, forget the former things. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Now that is a beautiful picture of restoration and redemption and, and wholeness and healing. You know, Tim alluded to this idea that I, I'm part of a wilderness ministry and I have to say that when you're, in a, when you're in the wilderness, when you're in the desert in particular, we do backpacking trips in the Grand Canyon. So we do 14-day backpacking trips in the remote parts of the Grand Canyon. There's nobody there. There's no mules or huts or convenience stores or, um, you know, uh, visitor centers. I mean, you're in the middle of, you literally could go for days and not see anybody. Let me tell you something. When you encounter water, you're very aware. You have a hyper-awareness and a sensitivity that if I don't find water, I literally, I'm not exaggerating, literally could die. And so literally there's days where you move from water source to water source. Some days you carry water on your back because you realize that 
where we're going to camp, there's no water. And if there's no water, we're dead. And in the wilderness, when you, if you've ever been in the wilderness and you've encountered a beautiful lake or a river or a stream in this most pristine environment, surrounded by beauty, your heart comes alive. You're like, wow, that is life. That is beauty. That is healing, so to speak. This word, it's a, it's a picture of healing and restoration. So when it says that that the Father provides water in the wilderness, streams in the desert or in the wasteland to give drink to my people. It's a picture of healing and restoration and wholeness. And I think, and, and I know that's something he's doing here in Kansas City right now. And, he, and it starts by saying, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. That's not to say that we forget, like some Pollyanna, like we just pretend that nothing bad has ever happened to us, because that's, that's silly, that's not realistic. But what I think it means is that we no longer allow the past to define the present and the future. We no longer allow the past to be the sum total of who we are today. Because realistically, we, all have, we can all identify the parts of our past that are broken, hurt, betrayed, messed up, where we sinned, we stunk, we blew it. And honestly, if we were to be honest and we were to lay our inner conversation on the table right now, we would probably have to say that a lot of times the former things of the past define us and our thinking and our way of relating a lot of times. Like I have these default thoughts in my heart and my mind that limit who, who I am in Christ, my true self today and tomorrow. And so Jesus is saying to us, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And honestly, in Kansas City, this is some of that biographical. In this neighborhood, in this church, you know, there's a lot of things about the past that we could dwell on and and lose hope, get hope sick. We could get kind of bummed out and burned out on. And we could have conversations like, man, that was really lame, and that was lame, and wow. You know, and... Honestly, we could cycle in that and go nowhere. And it's just not helpful anymore. In some ways, we've got to say, okay, we're done talking about the past. Now, what is God doing today? What is this renaissance and this rebirth in Jason and Sarah? In this church body? And what he's doing here? Because there, is, there was the past, but there is a beautiful thing that's springing up. And we have to perceive that. There has to be that sound in our heart that says, God, what are you doing? To, what is the current conversation of heaven over this place, this work, this neighborhood, this city, and how are we going to come alongside it? And stop saying, what, what happened in the past? Like, oh, the past, the past, the past. No. What, what, what is the new thing he's doing, and how can we perceive it? Because to the degree we do that, there will, be, there will continue to be, not there will be, but there will continue to be life and streams in the desert, and uh, a work of healing and restoration. And so that's why I use this idea of renaissance. You know, in Rome, and just a quick history lesson, I won't go too long on this, but when the Roman Empire fell, they were sustaining culture. They were sustaining art and education. They were sustaining culture, commerce, economics, marketplace, business, Uh, politics. They were the sustaining force in the Western European world. 
And when they fell, we went into the dark ages. And the, there, was a, there was a remnant, if you will, that if, you know, I'm kind of using this word picture here, but there was a remnant of people that continued to learn, to, to sustain writing and books and art and um, the Bible. I mean, the reason we even have a Bible is because the priests continue to transcribe it through the Dark Ages. My point is that come the Renaissance, they began to rediscover what had happened years ago, and they began to, in a sense, plow or um, look, look, to the, not, look to the past for the, for the greatness of the past, not for the brokenness of the past. And out of that renaissance, literally, they were able to create works of art and literature and culture. Not all of it. I mean, I'm not saying that everything that came out of the renaissance was awesome, because um, it wasn't. But they were able to, to create something that was even, that surpassed that of the Roman Empire. It was better than. It was a beautiful thing. So I just really feel like the Lord is saying, yeah, I am doing a rebirth. I'm doing a renewal, a revival um, of what I deposited in the beginning. I'm going to continue that to this day, but it's going to, be even, it's going to even surpass what happened, the former things. It's going to be better. It's, it's a new thing that's springing up. And that is awesome, actually. Because I will say that literally... If it wasn't for this body, if it wasn't for the leadership of Tim and Jan, if it wasn't for uh, Rock KC and the people that were here in 2006 when we came, there, I, I promise you there would not be a people in Laramie living this vision, living this value of see the kingdom coming, hearts connected. Literally, it has literally changed families and lives in Laramie. I can tell you the names. I see their faces right now. It's changed my marriage and family. Changed Diana and Bob's marriage and family. It's changed Jake and Brittany's marriage and future family. Right? Prophesy. So there's lives at stake. You know what? Sometimes Tim says there's lives at stake. There's families at stake. And you kind of think, well, yeah, I mean, that sounds good. I mean, yeah, I bet there is, you know, somewhere there is. And then I'm like, no, that's actually true. That's actually true. There are lives at stake. And so I, I just, I want to say yes and amen to what God's doing here. See, in your lives, in your marriage, it's awesome. It's beautiful. Thank you for, thank you for pressing on. You know, thank you for being faithful. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, guys. Like, I love you. You guys were here in 2006. Your love, your affection, your connection changed my life, changed my heart, changed my wife, changed our marriage. It's, it's beautiful. So thank you. And I just want to honor you guys. And I want to honor what Christ is doing now. And I'm hopeful for the future. Because something new is springing up. We need to perceive it in our hearts. So, bless you guys. I think that's all I need to share. Stay up here a minute. Was that heavy? I, I can't tell you how much I love this guy. And you could tell the substance here is pretty big. Um, one of the things that we do is tribal gatherings because they're catalytic. They're not, they're not everyday life. 
but they infuse nutrients in us so we can keep going. We're going to do another one of these in El Paso with Ray and Emma the first week uh, first weekend of March. We've got another one in, El- in Laramie, and we've invited Graham Cook to come. And just we're going to have a blowout moment. He's coming. Graham Cook is coming to, the, to Laramie. So if you want to get up to 7,200 feet in the middle of summer, that is a good time to come because you will get out of the humidity. And uh, it's in Laramie. It's uh, June 26th to July 1st. We'd love to have you come and just witness a blowout in Jesus. And we are watching the kingdom come to, to, mar- to businesses. When Andrew's talking about the kingdom coming, we actually have businesses that the power of God hit those businesses and exploded them supernaturally. And he just gave us a big property there for us to kingdomize the city. 13 acres in this crazy building where we're in. It's, it's just like a miracle. So um, the other thing is I'd like you to go on, on, the, on the website, on the web, and look at srom.org, shram.org. This is a ministry that will, I mean, catapult young people into a deeper life in Jesus because they're out there in the middle of nowhere and they literally do encounter Jesus. And our staff is amazing. So srom.org, shram.org. And now, Solid Rock Outdoor Ministry. Now, what I want to do here is finish up with Andrew here. I would feel like there's a couple of people that have some prophetic words that need to be released into the atmosphere. Now, the prophetic word of the Lord is a very catalytic thing. When we decree something from heaven to earth, and we'll judge it now. You just need to know that if you're going to speak something publicly and the leaders think that was wacko, we will say, we won't say that was wacko, but we'll say, let's shelve that and maybe evaluate that. That's, we're not so certain about that. There's several categories of the prophetic. One of them is encouragement, exhortation, and comfort. The correction, direction ones, those need to be more weighed out. So we want to open up to the prophetic, but this is not a real time for correction or direction. Or a teaching or a warning. What we don't want, right now it's not about a warning, a teaching, correction, or direction, because we're in a birthing of a time, so it would be out of season. But if it has encouragement, comfort, and exhortation, we will still judge it. We will still evaluate it. But we want to we open up for the Lord to speak through his people. And sometimes you just get a very positive sense of what God wants to do. And all you do is speak it out like, hey, I really like this. This is, this is amazing. And you know what? Sometimes that's prophetic. Because you add your, you add your, inf- your voice from heaven into the atmosphere. You tracking with me now? And then we'll close. Then we'll close with a blessing prayer. And I wanted Andrew to stay up here for you because you have a, and, and, and Mono too, he has a pretty sharp discerner. And um, so I know, Kim, you had a word. Do you feel like it's timing for that? You feel like, I'd like you to release it if you. Okay, everybody say hi, Kimberly. Now just turn, is this the cutest thing on the planet? Turn around here. Introduce your baby, Kim, first. This is Alana, our chubby. Um, Well, first off, I just want to say we love Jason and Sarah. Me and Mike have wandered much of Kansas City, 
and we feel home and we feel like they're really a brother and sister even though they're a little light-skinned and so we love them he's brown on the inside um so yeah during worship the lord gave me a word and a picture and after an andrew's um message completely confirmed it and so i had this picture and there was this rock a huge rock And it had been shattered into three segments, into three pieces. And they they split apart, and they grew farther apart. And just in between them was darkness, just this black darkness. And the edges were jagged, and they were grumbling. They were, like, the, the edges were just hitting each other and jagging each other. And there was so much darkness. But then suddenly this cross rose up in the middle of them, right where they had all shattered. But then the cross melted liquid love because I said Lord how could you bring the pieces back together that was my question I said how can you bring these pieces back together they're so shattered and you know I saw like sorry this is going back but I saw the Lord you know you can't use glue because there's still the lines that divide you can't even re-cement them because you can still see where it was shattered but then this cross rose up and this liquid love melted and it became one again in the in, in the in the love of Jesus and this is what I felt the Lord was saying and it, it just confirms what Andrew was saying about, you know, moving past, not looking back to the former things. I feel like there is an acknowledgement that there was a shattering here twice. And it split off into three segments. There's a deep shattering. And these j- jagged edges are the grumbling, the anger, the bitterness, the pain, the sorrow, and this darkness. That's, that's offense and not the love of Jesus. And the only thing that can bring a unity, not necessarily to come into this one house, but a unity to the body is a love and the forgiveness of Jesus that heals those offenses. And I feel like, if it's okay, that what the Lord is, like, today is a day where from now on we're not looking back to the past or the former shatterings, the former breakings. Because all of us, even if we're not part of this, this timeline of the rock, we've been through a shattering and offense in the body of Christ. There's been a division or a divide of relationships, friendships. We've all experienced it. And I feel like the, one of the anointings the Lord is putting on this house is one for unity in the city. Because we have an authority in it because we've walked through it. And all of us in some way, we are called, whether we're part of this little family or not, to bring unity to the body of Christ. Because he will not extend his glory to our city until we're walking in love and we're unified. And so I feel like what we need to do as a prophetic act is, one, I'm going to pray it out. But if we could all pray, and I just ask that you would, you would cry out to the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you anyone you need to forgive and to restore. And ask, just even right now, just speak the blood of Jesus. So I just want to pray that right now we're not going to, from this day forward, we're not looking back to these shatterings. We're not looking back to what happened. But we're allowing the Holy Spirit to heal Every single family, every single person who was wounded by when they looked at a man and not at Jesus. We need to pray right now that all those families who are gone, they don't even think of rock anymore. They don't even think of us, but we want to forgive them in our hearts. And we want to ask Jesus that right now he would heal the offense in their hearts so that we could come one, one Kansas City, one Jesus tribe, nothing, not even the rock, Jesus. So Holy Spirit right now. 
God, we say we're moving past the, the shatterings, the divisions, the divide. We say no longer will that define our relationships with one another. No longer, like Andrew said, will we hold the body of Christ at a distance. No longer will we protect ourselves and guard our hearts. No longer will we hold offenses and anger and bitterness and judgment against them, other bodies because they believe something different or because they walked away. God, we release. We forgive. God, we forgive every single person who has spoken a judgment against us. And God, forgive us for our judgments against others. God, we just speak, God, a forgiving, a unification in the spirit right now. God, let your rivers of liquid love unify the body. God, every family, whoever stepped into this building, every family who we, our hearts encountered with love, we release them. We say, blessed are you in the name of the Lord. Blessed are you in your body and your family right now. God, we ask that you would free their hearts. Even right now, Holy Spirit, go forth and free hearts. Free hearts. Free hearts from bitterness and offense and judgment, God. We ask that love would pour out through our spirits, would pour out through our hearts, God. God, that right now in the name of Jesus, there would be a unity. A unity in the spirit. A unity of our hearts, God. A unity, even in this is significant that other families have joined us today. We say we receive you and we love you for who you are. For who you are, we receive you and we love you. And we say blessed are you and would you go forth in the power of Jesus and do all that God has called you to do. And would you link arms with us? Because the kingdom is God's. It's not a denomination, it's 